Hey, group, this is the Son of Ghoul, and you're listening to the Secret Lair Drive-In. <laughs> Welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In with your hosts, D-Dub and Stratosphere. The Secret Lair Drive-In is dedicated to bringing you the finest in B-movie entertainment news and reviews. And now, on with the show. It was a night like any other night. Then, something happened. Something different. It's no shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? <laughs> They've been knocking him dead. All over the universe. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Knock my block off. <laughs> Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. Uh-oh. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy. Nelson, everybody, and welcome to the Secret Lair Drive-In. I am your host, your fearless leader, D-Dub. And across the way back from... Uh, let's try that again. And across the way back from... Uh, strike two. Show business is his life. And across the way back from me... And across the way back machine from me is my faithful acolyte, Stratosphere. Hi, kids. 
That only took me four tries, and he can he can tell you, yeah, it did. <laughs> well, before we get into this week's movie, first we're going to toss out our contact information. If they wanted to email us, how would they do that? Uh, they would do that by emailing us at secretlayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's right, and go to secretlayerdrivein.podbean.com where you can, from the comfort of your cubicle or wherever, stream the episodes. Well, Strat, before we get into this week's movie, or this episode's movie, we have some feedback. Awesome. Okay, let's just get started here. Hello, guys. Joe Iden here. I hope that's how it's pronounced. Just dropping you another line on your last podcast. Now, uh, just to turn back the curtain a little bit, he's actually talking about two episodes ago. Okay. But we did record a little bit in advance. Just and he's listening to consecutive episodes. I'm so excited. That's right. <laughs> Me too. Okay. Uh, Witchfinder General is a film I just recently had a chance to view, and I really did like it. It was available on Netflix streaming, and I'm glad I watched when I did, as it is no longer available. That's Boy, okay. I, I hate when that happens. There, there's always more Vincent Price on Netflix somewhere. That's true. Hopefully it will become available again soon, so I don't com- feel compelled to purchase it, which I do too often. I feel you, brother. That does ha- That can happen. Yeah, just bought Pacific Rim. Three discs, lots of uh, cool features on it. Uh, we'll, we'll talk later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although I'm not a big Vincent Price fan. <gasps> I really think he does he, he a great didn't, job. He didn't mean that in the literal sense. Okay, uh, we'll go with that. I think he does a great job in this film. From what I've read, Price and the director, Michael Reeves, did not get along well at all. Perhaps this is why Price is so good in the film. Just my guess. That's... Could very well be. Yeah, just kind of like a, like a screw you to the guy. Um, after watching this film, I came away from it thinking if this was a revenge flick. I tend to like those. Also, this film had a definite hammer feel to it. In fact, I thought it was a hammer film until I a hammer film until I saw the opening credits. Great job on the coverage of the film. Like I said, it really made me want to see it again. Guess I'm going to have to buy it after all. Really looking forward to the next podcast. Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah is a great example of 90s Godzilla films, and I've always liked it. We get the origin of Godzilla in this one, plus time-traveling villains. What more could a kaiju film lover ask for? Absolutely. Thanks again for the great coverage of these films, and I'll keep listening. Joe Iden. Okay, folks, so uh, thank you, Joe. Always Uh, good to hear from you. Yeah, we'd like I'll to hear. We'd like to hear from more people. So uh, we 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 mean what we say. If you give us any kind of feedback, we will read it on the show. We will do an entire hour show of nothing but viewer mail. Should should the situation present itself, I I'm I'm all for it. That just means that's uh, some little crap fest. We don't have to sit through that week. What? <laughs> These are all gold. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, maybe not this one, but... Well, so anyway, what is our film this week? Well, this week, I, I, I just, I have nothing to say that that's can, can really spin this thing, so let's just get out with it. The title is Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 1988. 
Yeah, that was actually the year before I got married, and I only coincidence. Re- I think not. I I only vaguely remember uh, seeing it on VHS tape. Oh, okay. I I'm sure I saw it on some cable station at some point because it, they played this thing constantly. It seems like a late night cable, like it was meant for late night cable. Now I am going to say this up front before we go into into the actual plot net. I seem to remember liking this movie a whole lot more way back when. I have seen bits and pieces over the years. I want to say they used to run this thing uh, on USA Network like eons ago in the 80s. It was called Night Flight. Oh, I would have thought it was uh, Commander USA. Uh, no, it was, it was called Night Flight. It started like around 10 at night and ran till like, I want to say, 3 in the morning. And they'd show... Old movies, cult movies, music videos. I mean, it was just this weird, weird little hodgepodge of oh, stuff. Okay. They they I ran was up. Getting confused with USA up all night. Uh, I think it transformed into that later on with Rhonda. What's her face? Rhonda Shear. Rhonda but Shear. But it also had another host, Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried. Let me tell you about the great. Oh, now that's a surprise. Oh, I'm going to die from that surprise. Let me tell you the great dirty joke with Gilbert Godfrey later off, Mike. Can't do it in a in a family friendly podcast, but it, right. trust me, folks, it's actually funny. And if you really want to know it, maybe maybe uh, we could record it and uh, give it out like as a bonus episode. That's right. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll put a we'll put a do not click here thing on the website. <laughs> NSFW. So. But anyway, I guess the best place to start with this would be the plot, plot. such as it is. Okay, in the town of Crescent Cove, California, farmer Gene Green, yes, Gene Green. Mr. Gene Green. Yeah. <laughs> spies a comet-like object. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Let's, yeah, let's have uh, breakfast with the captain. I'd love um, to find that music at some point. Just uh, it's it's called um, Puffer Belly Willie or something like that. It's got an actual name. Oh, okay. Yeah, it it, it just just do Captain Kangaroo theme song on uh, YouTube. It's, oh, okay. it's on there. Uh, Maybe I'll put it in as the yeah there you this go. episode. <laughs> awesome. I am not playing the theme for Killer Clowns from Outer Space at the end of this, by the way. Okay, I even though. That's probably the best part of the movie. Well, uh, it, there, okay. Uh, go, go, go. When we get to the point in the plot, there was one actual moment that was borderline scary, creepy. Well, you don't like clowns to begin with, though. I, I'm I have what what is professionally known as chlorophobia, which is fear of clowns. Even though the the Greek root word for it is for stilt walker, not clowns. So I don't know how that oh, works. Okay. But. Uh, Okay, well, let's just let's just keep on with the plot. So, Farmer Gene Green spies a called padding the episode. Folks. Spies a comet like. Well, this this has got a long plot. I don't know. I don't remember all this stuff happening. Um, and that's uh, right. He has it all written down. So, when I give the plot, I just wing it. Yeah, that's right. I'm always working without a net, folks. Or Frankie. So, uh, believing it to be Haley's Comet, he goes to find it coming across a, a large circus tent-like structure. He is at first amused by the sight. Maybe I can get some free tickets. I'll tell you what. 
but he and his dog, Pooh Bear, <laughs> that's right, Pooh Bear. Oh, 6 a.m. and already the boy ain't right. Well, the funny thing is, he, he, he he's wandering around going, Poo! Poo! I'm like, what did the dog make? Oh, the dog's name. Okay. <laughs> Are quickly Watch where you're stepping, yeah. Farmer Gene. They are quickly captured by mysterious clown-like creatures. Meanwhile, Mike Tobacco... That's a great name. That's right. <laughs> Mike Tobacco. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, what's the name of the people that made this? The Chiodo Brothers or yeah. something? Most of the characters in this were actually named after friends of those. Of really? Uh-huh. So, so, so there's somebody out there with the actual last name of tobacco, is what you're telling and me? Like, uh, what is it, the Vincenzi brothers or something? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so Mike Tobacco and his girlfriend, Debbie Stone, that's actually the most normal name we've come across so far, uh, had also seen the comment, and she convinces him to follow it. They are at the top of the world, or, or inspiration point, uh, the, the make-out place. Because you got me sitting on top of the world. Yeah. Sitting on top of the world. Had also... Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Coming across the same structure, they discover a massively complex interior that looks... Oh, wait a minute. You forgot what else happened up at the top of the world. Um, the Venetti... Where the oh, brothers of the ice cream truck came yeah, in. Yeah, the, the idiots in the ice, ice cream truck. And, uh, yeah, they, they go up and start honking their horn to uh, to try and get all the people making out at, at Top of the World, Inspiration Point, whatever, to buy ice cream. And, of course, everybody starts throwing their beer cans at, at the ice cream truck and telling them to go away. Yeah, and they have these two women in there. They're like, hey, you didn't say anything about parking. You just told us we could have free ice cream. Yeah, and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're just lovely visions of female Pocatrude, aren't they? Ah, uh, they make Rebel Wilson look like Cindy Crawford. Oh, that's a ooch. Okay, Rebel so, Wilson's funny though, not in her new show. I, I, I was gonna say I, the commercials make me just not even want to try that show. You know, I, she was set. Wasn't she in Bridesmaids? Uh, yeah, she was in Bridesmaids. She was in that. I think it was called Pitch Perfect. Uh, yeah. That, but, uh... Yeah, but that also had Jimmy Fallon, so... Yeah. We're going to have to do a uh, follow-up to the TV episode on the other podcast. Geeks Explain It All, folks. GeeksExplainItAll.com. Also available on iTunes. Um, alright, now, back to the plot. Coming across the same structure, they discover a massively complex interior that looks nothing like a circus tent in a room with cat... Cotton candy-shaped cocoons. Discovering the old man and a friend's remains in the cocoons, they are nearly captured by the alien clowns who coat them with a popcorn gun. Yes, a popcorn gun. Yeah, because this popcorn is like chasing them. They're running out out of the ship, and this popcorn is like chasing them around the corners. Yeah, the the popcorn is alive apparently. Um. So they and th- this is the part. The only part that it actually half made me smile because of the absurdity of it, the uh, one of the clowns puts together a balloon animal dog, which they put on a leash, and the, the balloon animal dog goes chasing after the, the young couple. Yeah, and I had actually read, because I did a little bit of research on this movie, because of all the pine needles that were on the ground, yeah. they actually had to put almost like... Um, 
I don't know if they put condoms on the dog's legs or what. Oh, just to reinforce them? Just so them. it wouldn't, because it, it kept popping on the pine needles. Oh, really? So they had to do well, something. Th- so that, that could be a problem, yeah. But it's um, that that is literally the only mo- moment in the movie that, I mean, it's supposed to be a horror comedy. That was the one moment of, of actual kind of funny comedy because it took me by surprise. And we're, we're getting to the part later that I thought was borderline scary horror. Okay. Um, so they narrowly get away from the flying popcorn. So Mike and Debbie travel to the police station to confide in her ex-boyfriend, Dave Hansen. Dave's not here, man. And his skeptical, curmudgeonly partner, Curtis Mooney. But we might as well admit it. Dean Wormer. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. He, he was just... He just looks so sad in this thing. But he was still Dean Wormer. No, he just... he. He was just like a caricature of Dean Wormer. I mean, he had he was sweating like a pig. It, I mean, he he looked like he was. I mean, this happened years before his death too. I mean, if it was like his last thing, I would be like, oh, you know, he must have been sick. And he just. I'm pretty sure he did a few other things. Yeah. But yeah, it was not a great role for him. But oh my God. on the other hand, from I said, how wh- the mighty have fallen. I mean, he he was kind of awesome as Dean Wormer. In his own twisted way, but... Well, think of how many people have done singular roles that they get identified with, and then, you know, for the rest of their lives. Well, the funny thing is, um, John Vernon is kind of in the same boat as Leslie Nielsen, or can be classified in that respect for the simple fact that he was actually a a pretty moderately well-respected dramatic actor... And then they had him start doing comedies, and his act, their acting styles never changed. I mean, Leslie Nielsen, if, if you've watched you know, Forbidden Planet or anything else he was in, he still sounds like uh, Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Just now, suddenly, he's not in a drama, he's in a comedy. <laughs> and the same thing with John Vernon. Damn it, Carmine, how can it be my fault? Anyhow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we, 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 we could get blue with that, but we won't. Um, now, uh, Curtis Mooney believes the whole thing to be a hoax, and so does Dave after they drop Debbie off at her home and investigate the site to find the ship missing. Now, coming across a group of cars, as we said, at the Makeout Hill Top of the World, Dave finds the place destroyed and several cars filled with the cotton candy-like substance, and he finally believes Mike Tobacco. You know, there's a funny story... That when they look inside that Jeep, yeah, um, the Chiodo brothers, they got that Jeep as a loaner from a dealership. Oh no! And they ba- they basically had told them, well, you know, you spray the interior with Pam, and all the stuff will come right off. And well, let me guess, it didn't work didn't, out though. Caught, they had to take it to another dealership, spend three thousand dollars to get the inside of this Jeep restored. Oh my god! Before they gave it back, was do you know if it was actual cotton candy they used? Or? You know, I don't know. I wouldn't think it would be because I would think the sugar would melt under the hot lights of uh, filming. Not only the hot lights, but you know, um, if it got a little cooler in the evenings, it would it would clump together real bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Anywho, meanwhile, the clowns journey into town and proceed to garner a supply of townspeople using ray guns that resemble toys to wrap them in cocoons. Well, you know, there's any number of ways that they took care of the townspeople. Yes. And I'm sure that a lot of that is just 
paragraph after paragraph in there. Yeah. Um, you had Pizza Delivery Clown. Uh, yeah. Puppet Show Clown. Uh, okay, that one. Yeah, that one was. Right. My favorite one was uh, Hand Shadow Puppet Clown. I was just gonna say, yeah, that, yeah, that one was pretty good. Yeah, that that that's like the probably more budget to do that little bit of animation than than the rest of the movie put together. <laughs> yeah, this clown is just basically making shadow puppets on the wall, and this, these people are watching. And like, oh, you, and it's and some of these are pretty complex. Then at one point, he just like makes a T Rex head. Which and, has red eyes. And it just comes down and chomp. Yeah, even though it really it doesn't actually eat them per se as it does. Shrinks them down. He puts them in the bag with all the other popcorn. Which apparently grows into other clowns. Uh, yeah. Which comes into play right about this point because Dave and Mike Tobacco yes. decide to go investigate, but they leave Debbie at her place. Yes. And she goes and takes a shower. And she probably has taken the longest shower in the history of American cinema. Because think about this. She gets into the shower. A whole bunch of crap happens in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Probably about 20 minutes worth. Yeah. Then they cut back, and she's getting out of the shower. and Yeah, and putting on the same clothes she had on before. (laughs) I thought she put the clothes in the hamper because some of the clothes still had popcorn attached to it. Oh, okay. And when she opened the hamper... I noticed they showed the popcorn, like, kind of inching along the floor, like like a right. snail or something like that, which was... That was kind of gross, but... Well, then they... While she was showering, they showed the hamper kind of uh, buffeting back and forth. Okay. And she opened it up, and a couple of clown heads popped out. Oh, that's right. That's right. But yeah. This, like I said, this is after the longest shower in the history of American cinema. So, so after Probably all... 20, 30 minutes... So, after having the longest shower, but dealing with the clowns, did she feel dirty or clean? There's a dilemma that'll keep you up nights. Hmm. Manly, yes, but are you like it too? Exactly. Uh, of course, she had them... Um, Always after me, Irish Spring. <laughs> God, that's a complex joke, and I like that. Um, then you had uh, the the clown on the little bicycle going to the uh, biker gang. Where he plays Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Yeah, and basically knocks the guy's head into a trash bin. Now, there was another there was another one, too, where a guy is driving down the road, and this clown... Is, is basically, like, suspended in air... Driving an invisible driving car. Driving an invisible car, yeah. So, like I said, these, these are all kind of little, little blackout... You know, two-minute bits at the most, each of them. Well, you know, a lot of the door-to-door stuff, like Pizza Delivery Clown and, yeah. and that, that was actually added a little later, from what I understand, because the movie wasn't quite long enough. And actually... Not while Chiodo, I was watching it. <laughs> if the Chiodo brothers had their way, the clowns would not have even shown up until much later in the movie. Really? Yeah, it was designed... It, the way it was originally written, it was... Uh, supposed to be they wouldn't show up till like halfway maybe even farther in mm-hmm. but the people that were releasing it said no you know people are coming to see Killer Clowns we want to see them a little earlier in the film I guess I can appreciate that logic and now the the, the one part that I did think was actually creepy um, they're, they're at some sort of a restaurant and this this woman is there big like big top burger yeah or yeah big top burger 
this woman is there with like her best friend and her daughter and the daughter is bored beyond belief maybe she, maybe she's thinking about the movie and uh she looks out the window and sees one of the clowns and is like playing peekaboo and waving and i don't know with a kid in there suddenly it became creepy for me uh, maybe I'm, yeah i mean I, I could see that yeah that that was the only part where i was like don't put a kid in 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 this and the the kid's about to go outside and see the clown everybody's like like even when you the, you got hand shadow puppet, they're all just like, "Oh my god!" I'm just like, "Dude, seriously, who who was entertained but by this you crap?" Read the, you read the title though. You see, they just think clowns, you know. Well, and it, well, I'll, I'll get to that point Go later. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I the whole thing is, you know, I, I don't like clowns, but again, this thing is a horror comedy, and it's neither scary except for that one scene or funny. Except for that other scene, for the, for the yeah. most, well, I think for the problem with the, is that the clowns themselves, it's too. I mean, it's ob- it's they they're too fake looking. I mean, it, it, everybody's obviously wearing these big, huge, elaborate latex headpieces. I wouldn't even call okay. them a mask because everybody's head is like the size of a large pumpkin. Whereas. You know, if you want to see uh, more an example of a clown that is bloody scary, is uh, Pennywise the Clown from the It limited series, uh, Tim Curry. Didn't see it. Well, he's basically... That would be my mentor with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the movie geek. That's that's the really weird part. Well... Um, but, you know, it, the, the Pennywise is basically like Bozo the Clown with with, like, shark teeth. You know, okay. So, so it's really, it, it's it's enough l- realistic looking like it, it would make you uncomfortable. This just looked like bad uh, audio animatronics, <laughs> for the most part. It's a small world after all. Hey, now that is scary stuff right there. I uh, would have to, and I, and I have a funny story to tell about that too. I, I got to tell you, I'd have to think the worst job at Disney would be. The people that load and unload people from Small World, because you have to listen to that. But at least last time I went through it, they didn't play the sing-song part of it through the whole attraction. They just had like the music playing. Oh, okay. Everybody wasn't singing, so you didn't have to hear it 50 million times in this ride. But anyway, your story. My story is that when we went down, um, geez, about... 12, 13 years ago, my wife, my daughter, and I. So my daughter's like four or five and just the perfect age to do Disney World, loving the whole thing. And they're like, uh, my wife and my daughter are like, let's go on. It's a small world. And I'm like, no. Oh, come on. No, I am not going. I have no desire to go. You guys cannot make me go. You're going to make me go on other things I don't want to go on before this, this week is up. I, I am pulling the power of veto on this. I am not going. And we, we kind of bickered back and forth about it. And fine, you get to watch the story. How did you like the ride? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I basically got in charge of watching, you know, the stroller or walker or okay. whatever. And, oh, 40 minutes later, they're still not out. They got stuck. <laughs> Ouch! Oh my God! They, my wife came out and she's like, "I, I 
so hate you beyond words. So sorry, honey. I had to tell that one, but that's it was just like, oh, that you can't write stuff like that. That's that's just got to be hell. Oh, especially if you got stuck in the way it's set up now, to where you're stuck in that part where they're singing. She didn't say what, but she just says, "I I never want to hear that song to my dying day." <laughs> okay. So, what's the Reader's Digest version of the end of this film? Well, the Reader's Digest Digest version. Die. Die, die, die. Just version is um, the, okay, well, John Vernon's character, basically uh, everybody in town gets gets eaten by the cotton candy, so to speak. Well, he doesn't. They make him a meat puppet. Uh, yeah, kind of. Makes you wonder where that clown's hand was. Yeah, there, but anyway. there was some unpleasantness. So, basically, the only three people that that are there to save the day are Debbie, Dave, and Mike Tobacco. <laughs> so they go on the alien ship, and they're facing. They're facing at one point. I think they call him Clownzilla. Like this giant. Well, they thing. they get chased to the top of um, the. Well, okay, let's talk about getting ahead of the plot. What there is of it, um, they get chased to the top of like this pack, this pile of of packages. Looks like a, a series of really large hat boxes, really. Okay. And all all the killer clowns are there with their clubs and whatever, trying to get them. And suddenly, the two idiots in the ice cream truck burst through the wall. <laughs> And that that gives oh and and since it, the ice cream truck has a clown on top of it, they get on the PA and they're like, "You must obey us. Leave, let them free or whatever." And of course, the clowns are all like, "Uh, okay." Yeah, but then they start bickering over the loudspeaker. Yeah, which which kind of gives the game away, so to speak. And then then once they do that, then Clownzilla. Uh, comes out of the 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 ceiling basically. Now, and and this this is the part that, well, not the part. There were so many parts of this movie that were bad, but um, they show the guys in the ice cream truck being blown up by this thing, and I'm talking explosion, like, like, like bad. Yeah. Not not just it not yeah. just it catches fire a little bit. I'm talking. And but that gives the other three a chance to escape, even though only two of them do. Of course, Dave tries tries to sacrifice himself so the other two can escape. And uh, Dave figures out earlier in the movie that if you shoot or pop any of the clowns' noses, it it actually does kill them. Right. It's right. it's their one little weak spot. And so he takes his police badge and pops. Clownzilla's nose, thereby causing him to blow up, thereby causing the entire uh, ship to blow up, which by this point has risen out of the ground and is um, spinning. spinning in air. So, explosion in midair. Suddenly, this little... Now, this isn't the... Um, is this what's left of the uh, ice cream truck that lands? 
Is that? No, there was a scene earlier with the clown car. I was going to say that was a clown car. That was the clown car from earlier. Okay, so yeah, the, this clown car lands. The police have shown up by now. And, of course, Dave, even though he's just been in two explosions, one from Clownzilla and one from the ship, uh, you know, gets out. I mean, it, we're, we're, we're talking more damage on a Looney Tunes cartoon. He's barely even dirty. Yeah. And then suddenly... The two guys that were the that Jenny or the the two brothers. Yeah, the two brothers. Uh, they basically show up and they're like, "Oh, we hid in the cooler in the ice cream tr- or in the freezer in the ice cream truck." I'm like, "No, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that Indiana Jones survived a nuclear blast before I'll believe you guys survived that bad boy." Yeah, and then uh, you know they're like, "Well, do you think they're gone? Do you think they'll be back?" I don't know. Pies from the sky in the movie. Yes. I will say this one thing. Okay. Dave, the cop, was actually, what was her name? Debbie's ex-boyfriend. Right. And even like the last scene, Mike Tobacco's there, Debbie's there, but Mike's got his arm around Debbie. So, you know, you kind of had to wonder about that. Actually, in the in the very last scene when, when they get hit with the pies, it's Dave that has his his arm around Debbie, and it's like, well... Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Oh, no, you said it backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. Okay, Let's look at the playback. Um, But, yeah, it was sort of like... Well, it's funny because, actually, Mike Tobacco goes and hugs Dave harder than Debbie, and it's like, there's some interesting action going on here. uh, I'm just going to go real quick with final thoughts. They actually have talked about doing a sequel. Yes, in production right now as we speak, allegedly. I don't know about that, but it would basically pick up with Mike Tobacco years later. And uh, they were actually talking about doing a total of three of them, the original and two other sequels. But, you know, we'll let that for another time. We'll see if that, I doubt that'll ever hit fruition. So instead of pontificating about what might be. Why don't we just give this sucker a rating? Um, I can see by your face you ain't got nothing else to say. Well, I just keep the whole time... Okay, remember the comment you made about which fighter general? Like, is this movie ever going to be over with? Yeah, yeah. I I vaguely remember that. Yes, I I kept going back to that. This, I mean, it's only an hour and a half long movie. We certainly watch longer movies, but oh my god, this thing just never wants to end, and I keep going back to why was this movie made? It's not scary. It's not funny. What? What were I, money? Did did it's, it make money? It made money compared to what it cost. It made money. Oh my god! I mean, this now, is usually they have grosses. Let me see, let me see your top sheet from. Um, yeah, usually like uh, it'll say what it cost and how much it made. I think I need page two. Uh, oh, there you go. It cost two million dollars to make, and it made uh, forty-three million worldwide. Unreal. It actually did better overseas than it did here. Technically, so did Pacific Rim. That's that's not a good judge. <laughs> well, yeah, but big big difference between the two movies. There. I I just all right. So give it a rating, bud. Ginormous stink burger with extra sauce. I I. This this beats horror high in my opinion. At, at least at least horror high had some cheese value to it. it. It was like like awesome to to see how bad it was. This was just boring. 
I think they tried too hard and fell Yeah, I, I, well, they tried too hard, but I'm not sure what they were going for is what I kept coming back to. You know, I'm going to give it just a plain old stink burger. No, I mean, so. hey, that, it's, that's cool. But Okay, now, the big question here is, what's our film for next time? Well, thank God we usually get on a schedule of, reg, you know, regular B-movie, and then we, we go back to the, the magic of kaiju, because that's always our saving grace. In most cases. In most cases, but... Uh, we're gonna be I'm really not sure about this next one. Well, <laughs> at least the sequel to it was cool. Yeah. Um, but we are going to be uh, reviewing the classic Japanese uh, horror movie, monster movie, Frankenstein Conquers the World. With Nick Adams and Kumi Mizno. Yes, that's more how it's pronounced. Kumi, not Kumi? Yeah, yeah I usually, I like, I just think it sounds cooler to say Kumi Mizuno. Oh yeah, you, you need like like really really sultry saxophone as do, you said. <laughs> anyway, anyway, once again, if you want to send us an email, uh, tell us how great we are. Tell us what idiots we are. That would be secretlayerpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, make sure while you're out out in the pod sphere. That you listen to our sister cast, which would be Geeks Explain It All at geeksexplainitall.com. That's right. Uh, and as feeling we feeling hungry, go eat at the Action Burger. <laughs> and with that, I will say Carl Nelson and this is D Dub and Stratosphere saying go watch a B movie and why? Because these movies won't watch themselves. Later, folks. Bye, kids. <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.